This is Catching Waves, the podcast that started as a casual conversation between three brothers on a hike through Muir Woods that evolved into a continuous exploration of philosophy, brotherhood, and life. We welcome you to join us as we question, experiment, document, and grow, but claim no responsibility if you are injured or killed while following along at home. Listener discretion advised. It's nice. We're at that stage where it feels like like we're getting to learn about which Ewok we are. <laughs> where you get to like know the different color patterns. Because <laughs> like when I grow mine out, I have like silver that's like right here, but this is still staying pretty, pretty dark. But you're the Ewok that has the silver like on the on, on the uh, chin buttons here. He's seen things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have different stripes, but I'm, I'm happy that we, we have like the different stripes We're we're the unique Ewok where you're like, Ooh, yeah. I like that one the best. <laughs> I I shall be Warnock. <laughs> yeah. I'm the silverback. <laughs> yeah. You're all, you're all silver. And then we're the striped <laughs> variations, but, but none of us are, uh, was it wicked? What, what, what was the, no, I'm thinking of, I just jumped to uh Wicket was the little the little kid basically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking that God, why the hell I can't think of my mind is drawing a blank. What the hell was the Ron Howard movie that was produced by George Lucas? I with all the with well, all the little people. Why can't I I'm blanking so hard? on something that's so right there was it willow yes thank you i i fucking I willow was not would... in my head that's amazing yeah i, I would know think that... <laughs> it can't be willow <laughs> so we've he's, never he's not talking about willow because willow is the easiest thing to remember <laughs> that's <laughs> what i'm talking about <laughs> great <laughs> that's where we're at this morning gents <laughs> can't remember willow let me turn my heat off. Hold on. This is already a good time. I yeah. love this. I love this. We got to do this more often. <laughs> Ooh, I have chair envy. I see Chris has like a, a gamer style chair. Now, since you're the originator of this, you can see everything all the time. Cause I just see it when somebody's talking. I see you. you. That's a function. Yeah. So I can see all of it, but I think you can switch that. If you go to the upper right, the three dots in your upper right, if you like you or it, I take that back. There's nine squares. It's like a little grid. If you hover over your screen and there's a little button that says view and there's nine squares. So if you click oh. on that, you can change the arrangement of how you're getting all of this. I'm going to send a message over to Nate just to see if he got the link or where he's at. Yeah, I saw three, uh, three dots and now I've got all three of you guys. I mean, both you guys. And the, and it's staying. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I like that view. I don't know why they do the jump between. And for my purposes, I'm like, I don't need Tetris going on while we're talking. You know, I'm going to be making any kind of edits. Oh, sweet. Yes. Yes. This guy just got done punching the bag. And he's ready. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. 
All right, Look, Dad. Rings in the background. All right. This is your venue. This is your moment. Well, it was a while ago, but I think just to start the conversation off, I was, it was a couple months ago, and I we, we get like a Costco magazine once a month. Do you guys get that at all? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So there was like, I was turning about halfway through it, and all of a sudden I'm going, this is weird. And it was like the main article. And then there was like a two ad, adver, <laughs> advertisements. <laughs> that's for you, Chris. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, I, that's the right way to say it. That's for all of oh. us. That reminds me of 12 Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and all three of it was like, I had this moment where it was like, you know, I guess deja vu or whatever. Going, Wait a second. I saw this exact, the article and the two ads is like it this is just weird it just had this weird feeling that i had seen this exact same setup and so it was like okay well you know maybe this is something that is a reoccurring type thing on the costco and then so the next month it came and no it was gone there was nothing there i'm going to look maybe it was from the previous month or whatever it's just this weird thing and then it was like okay so that passed and i think i've told you guys before as far as i've had reoccurring dreams you know most of them are sorry chris but they're of work and of where i'm in this type of thing and it's like and i i take i take up at different spots and different takes of it but it's it's always weird that i'm always able to come back to it and and it was like this whole like i had this one time where i was dreaming and it was like deja vu but I was like, I was in this lucid moment where it was like deja vu of a deja vu type of thing. It's like, no, I remember doing this before. I remember having this dream while I'm in the dream. Mm -hmm. And so then what happened is, uh, I don't know, it was maybe a, three or four weeks ago where I had this thing where I was all of a sudden, just before I woke up, I was dreaming of, Nate will appreciate this, of um, Jimmy Garoppolo and him going down. And then he went, all of a sudden, he was like, okay, well, I'm off right now. I can't play, so I'll do I'll do a commercial. And it was for this cologne called Mixed Emotions. I, ha I honestly, I don't think I have ever seen this before. And so when I woke up, I remember, I go, okay, I'm going to search for this just in case. And there's a cologne called Mixed Emotions. And it was like the picture, and that's why I sent it on that uh, text message to you guys that was almost exactly what i saw and it's just it was just weird that you know it came up like that and it was all because i really did have kind of mixed emotions as far as him being <laughs> a 49ers quarterback so i just i wanted to throw that out and i just wanted to start the conversation with that for you guys and you guys can take anything you want with it, and I will sit back and listen. Dad, what do you know about synchronicity? <laughs> um, probably I've heard the term, but uh, do fill me in. There's little, there's little winks and nods that happen in life that I feel like if you start to pay attention to them, they start to happen more often. You know, there's kind of a magical thing that you're talking about right there, and it just reminds me of that. It reminds me of 
we've all talked about synchronicity before. I think Phil probably would be able to describe it better than me. Um, but I'm curious because it sounds like some of that was kind of in that, in that experience for you where certain things that you were paying attention to started happening or started popping up again. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to jump in here because instantly several things start firing. Um, I don't know if you may have seen something before you went to bed and maybe it was the last thing and it was mixed emotions. Um, and you're not aware of it, but then your subconscious grabs it. And what I've found, and like we've had conversations about this, is that your your subconscious is the best storyteller and the best um, meaning finder that it can possibly, like than any other tool that we know of when we're awake. And so it will take, whatever you throw at it and repurpose it to apply to your direct experience. And to me, that's just an example. And it's like, it, it's kind of irrelevant that it was just like a cologne thing, but the messaging on the cologne can be anything, but it's going to, especially if you saw that last thing before you went to bed. And as soon as you were telling me this, I, I, I had a direct example where uh, Mondeep, a, f- a friend you guys all know, like I've I've known Mondeep since sixth grade, and one day he he sent me a message in the morning, and he goes, "Dude, I don't know what it is, but I had the craziest dream with you in it last night," and it was weird because I'm I'm listening to this and like we've studied this stuff for a long time. We've had like I personally have had tons of dream experiences and sleepwalking. So I've been very fascinated and and like, well, what are the chain of events that lead to whatever it was that I was having when I was dreaming? And he sends me this message. I'm like, oh, that's no coincidence. And it makes perfect sense to me why Mondeep had a dream with me in it. Because I knew like from social media, I had posted something the previous night and Mondeep had liked it. And so in the morning, he's like, dude, I had the craziest, I don't know why. And I'm like, well, I do know why. It was the last thing that you did before you went to bed. And and it's like, we know this kind of on a subconscious level and then like on a light conscious level that like, it's what we tell our kids before they go to bed, right? Like, don't think about this. It's like the line that comes to mind every single time is Dan Aykroyd's line in the great outdoors he's like no more thinking about bears and he's putting his kids to bed (laughs) because they had that crazy experience he's like i know this is gonna fuck up my night if you're if you're if you try to go to sleep and you're thinking about bears and of course he's the worst dad ever so he's like telling them don't think about this and like that's the whole point of his character in that is that like john candy is the perfect dad you know he handles all these situations he's he's being challenged left and right and yet he's still handling he's like why do why do uh uh dan Aykroyd's character's name was roman and i can't remember john candy what was john candy's character's name i think it was chet 
Chet and Roman. Yeah. And so he's like, why is why do Chet's kids look at him like he's a god and my kids look at me like I'm a mutant? And like at the time he's like delivering this line, he's in the bathroom, like tweezing his nose hair, and he's like also on the phone, like doing business, like because you're a jackass, dude. You're completely disengaged with your kids. That's why they look at you like that. But anyway, getting back to the point is just that like whatever we think about has a a very heavy impact and imprint on our mind and so what the subconscious is doing in sleep it's trying to learn whatever we threw at it and so like you know we've listened to like joe rogan podcasts and stuff lately and like chris nate and i we nerd out about this stuff but there's a a Stanford researcher and like leading sleep psychologist, Matthew Walker. And he, he talks about that where he was like, his example was somebody learning to play the piano. It's a great example because like somebody will be learning it. And it's like, it's painful to listen to somebody learning something because you can literally hear how their brain is chunking. Uh, That's the process. It's called uh, chunking information. So like when you learn something initially, that information is like chunked because it's like, it's too much as a whole. So you have to break it down into sections. So it'll be like, and it's like, that's the end of that chunk. And then, and that's the mind saying like, this is all the information we can get right now. So we're going to focus in on that. But then in sleep, it takes that information and it smooths it out. And they said that it's like, I want to say it was like 30 to 35% faster in that learning process. And it runs the cycle. So it's like, it doesn't just end with your practice, your physical practice, your mind and how you're visualizing that is very powerful. And it's most powerful at night. So like, if you're learning something, if you think about it, or if you actually physically do it right before bed, it will take that and amplify it and run it all the way throughout the night. This is why you have like stressful dreams the night before your first day of work or learning anything new. And you're like, you're thinking about it. And then you're like, Oh, I had the worst work dream last night. Yeah. Cause that's what you were focused on before you went to bed. But all that to say, like getting back, that's what came to mind for me when you brought that up. I'm like, I guarantee you're probably like on your phone, like so surfing social media probably stuff with Niners. And then an ad came up and you didn't get it on a conscious level, but then you went to bed and that was an easy layup of like, yeah, you definitely have mixed emotions about this player on the Niners. And then you wake up and you're like, what was that? So I know that was kind of like ranty, but it's like, it it's all stuff. That's like, I'm very fascinated with. So that's kind of what jumped to mind for me. I've I've heard somebody say this one time, and it it made a certain amount of sense as much as it could that, like in our waking life, it's probably uh, it's we have less meaning and more coherence for our kind of our logical like I forget which side of the brain it is, but basically the the rational mind we've got it's a analogous to this, this practicing. Um, Like I said, it's, you have the most coherence and the least amount of 
consolidated, concise meaning. But in dreams, we have a lot less coherence, maybe none, mm-hmm. <laughs> and a whole lot more meaning. And so you could probably, I mean, you've woken up and said, what the hell does that mean? Because it's your other side of your brain wanting to to lay it out in some kind of logical sentence. But it's going to, that whatever that sentence is, whatever that logical thought process is, it's not really, it's going to be the surface level. It's, it's symbols. W- what does all that stuff mean? And it's your brain serving that layup in sleep that's like mixed emotions. You're only going to come out of that dream saying, what the hell was that? You're going to have a, a question, but you're also going to have that that feeling like there's some other agency saying this is important. That's I love that. I don't know what it is, but I love having that that kind of recognition of importance. That's that's the one thing I've always felt. And I don't always have that in dreams. I and I've been kind of playing with things that I'll I'll have I want to have more dreams like that where there's a significance. And I think there are certain things that you can do uh, to make sleep better and more healthy, to get better at learning, to get better at having, which I think is you're going to end up having more moments like that of recognizing something like that, um, whether that's synchronous or just better sleep or better better, better learning in sleep. I, I think there's something to it. Okay, so starting with you, Chris, and then also going with uh, you, you guys, Nate and Dad. Um, you said that you were kind of like experimenting. Are you doing that actively right now, where you're, um, where you're like kind of toying around? And like, I'm gonna open up the question a little bit just so, like, because I, I want to get here, Nate and Dad as well. Is like do you guys remember any time that you were actively like going into sleep where you were kind of like, I want to test this out, like any kind of lucid dreaming or anything like that? I've had less experience go like deliberately trying to elicit some kind of lucid dream. Um, I've, I've just been more kind of on a path right now of understanding what would make me not lucid or less lucid than normal. Um, I, I mean, I think when people talk about lucid dreams, it's more like they want to have a really fun experience at the helm of the driver's seat while they're asleep. Mm -hmm. And I have very little there's, uh, maybe that's the, the logical conclusion of taking that to, uh, you know, bringing up whatever I'm kind of dabbling into some higher level. Um, but I, I notice certain things that provide less lucidity, going to sleep with a nightcap, something in my system, <laughs> like, a, I mean, definitely kills it. Yeah, and it's it, over. Yeah. And I, not only do I feel less restful, um, my day is worse. It takes more to get going. And it's just, it's kind of an unraveling thing. It makes it worse. I need more caffeine. And it's a uh, it just feels like for whatever amount of benefit a cocktail would be or, you know, or a gummy or something like that, it just screws me up. Whereas if I, how about meth? How does that meth? Meth doesn't seem to help at all either. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But no, I mean, I've, I've woken up. I think the last time I had a really, it's probably the, the last thing I'd want to 
you know, try to be seriously trying to figure out. But I remember waking up from one a night's sleep and I thought I completely unraveled the never ending story, its significance in all directions. And I was a little too confident because you wake up and then your rational mind's online and you're like, oh, I should stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I love you bringing this up because I seriously very recently had had a very similar like never ending story like profound like oh my god that is like the amazing like it's one of the more amazing (laughs) yeah i think i I have it (laughs) the funny thing is is that what that brings to mind uh, to me i think it's the guy's name is charlie day that meme where he's in i think it was uh it's always sunny in philadelphia where he's got the 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 pinpoints and the board and he's got all the the red ribbon and he understands everything but you're like you need to you need to watch it <laughs> okay I, I i have to write down this note because i don't want to get derailed but i want to come back to this and i'll freaking forget it if i don't but um <laughs> you see your I, turn. I, the fact that you're doing that you're going i have to write this down i would get derailed because you know that with the four participants derailing is inevitable that's our oh, mastery yes. that's our mastery okay <laughs> but no but in the derailing in in this note holds the key to that whole thing so it's almost like meta meta i'm like i'm i'm jumping out let's i same question nate like have have you do you remember a time where like you were actively experimenting with like dream state and like really trying to have a little bit more control or maybe in Chris's like be aware of less control of that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have. I, um, I was reading about it a while back. It's been a couple of years, but I, I think you and I briefly did talk about it. There's an herb or there's some supplement that you can take before bed that's supposed to help that. And I picked it up. I gave it a try a few times. I think that my, my dreams did become more vibrant. And I did some other things with it, like, yeah, like fasting from like any like sugar before bed or alcohol, anything like that to really help out with it. Um, and I did notice that they were more vibrant, but I wouldn't say that I ever got to a place okay. where I. So you say vibrant. Are you saying vibrant in terms of color or clarity of like what what the information was? Both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like my recall of it was better. Um and my presence within it wasn't kind of that smoke and mirrors thing. You know, it was, it was a lot more formed than normal. You know how you could be in a dream and you're talking to somebody and you're like, yeah, I was talking to Phil, but wait a minute. But I said that, <laughs> Chris, when did your face swap? You know, <laughs> yeah. that weird kind of slippery. And the person just knows. Yeah, yeah no, I'm Chris now. I've always been Chris. And you're like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin, I swear. But it's, <laughs> But, it, you know, then you also have a dream where it's a very specific moment, a very specific scene. And even if it's short, it's really, it's, uh, it's not slippery like that. So they were more like that when I did have them. It's been a little bit too. So <laughs> like a dream, I kind of forget. But I do know I never really got to the level of what Chris is talking about. Like I, I never got to a point where I'm like, okay, now I'm flying and I'm going. And I've, I've had dreams like that, you know, growing up where some of them are more vibrant than others. Um, Matthew Walker's work and, and dad, if you haven't listened to it, his podcast on Rogan is really good. He's that sleep scientist. It's really interesting. And you can see where maybe those ones that I was having more of a lucid experience or closer to it 
you know, what, what I would, as close as I've gotten, I was stumbling into some of those things and just happened to fall upon it. But um, no, I think, you know, I, I think there's, my interest is, it's not quite as much with lucid dreaming as it is with lucid living. <laughs> I think that's where synchronicity comes. And I, I think that it's interesting. It's something that we get busy and we live our lives much more in that rational mind, but sometimes it's cool to dream and and to see what winks you get from the universe. So, um, but with that, you've mentioned lucid dreaming a few times. So I, I think I need to I need to revisit that and kind of play around and just explore because it's interesting stuff. I've had I've had some really weird wake ups before where they weren't they were much more uh, of an astral nature kind of neon and i my focus was in a different place you know upon wake up it wasn't really outside it was inside and it was in the brain and it was weird it was strange and it was like i was there but i wasn't and just a glimpse just a very small thing but i had a little bit of that during wim hof and we were doing that and breathing a ton and, but not not a ton not not enough to really get my thumb on any of those and go hey this is how it is but definitely there's some there's some weird things to explore. That's for sure. Dad, you're definitely a weird dreamer. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go back to like several years ago. You and I had that conversation like at five o'clock in the morning. Um, but just before that, though, is I think that if you're talking about from my experience and stuff like that, preparing for it before going to sleep. No, I don't think I've ever really done that, but I'm co I think I'm cognizant when it happens, you know, and it's just like, it's like a special, you know, it may happen once every couple months or something where it's like, I'm really conscious of the dream, you know, the being like, you feel like you're really living the moment of your dream or that lucidity or whatever, you know, where it comes out and then you step back and you're going, wait a minute, I'm dreaming. I know I'm dreaming this, you know, but you don't want to get out of it, you know, and it's just like, I like where I'm at. Um, I've had those moments. Um, then going to the one that, and I don't know if we ever, if I ever discussed it or Phil did or together as far as the, the, the Zoroastra hotel, <laughs> That was weird. It, and everything that you said, Nate, as far as the vibrancy, that's that was just amazing. Um, the colors, the, the vividness. And it's just like in the movement of being in the elevator. Um, did you tell these guys about that, Phil? I, th I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought we were in like a group text, uh, but I could be wrong. I, I assume that they do. You guys remember this dream that dad is talking about? Oh, I didn't know. I, I thought you guys were talking about an actual event. You guys stayed at a hotel or something. No, no. This is a dream that dad had like several years ago. Does this ring a bell for either of you? It sounds it's interesting. I don't, it sounds, it sounds mild. Like, lightly familiar but i i don't know if i've been told okay i don't think they got any of this yeah run with it yeah yeah i just real quickly it, the dream was and it was funny because actually it kind of i was pulling up it just started with me pulling up in a car and it was like a street that was in pasadena or arcadia or something like that you know obviously it was you know my reference was for you guys when you guys were living down there and then it was like 
it was almost like a mixture of the movie Up, you know, where they had this <laughs> weird little hotel that was kind of crammed in between. It was a. It actually was wasn't really crammed in. It was actually a um, this little hotel that was really old and kind of decrepit, falling apart. But they had these big office buildings and stuff all around it. And, you know, had the shady trees. So they're, I mean, these trees are like 40, 50 years old and it was just a beautiful street. And they had this, the lot was really, you know, kind of like there was like chain link out front and it was kind of falling apart and going, this is so weird. Why is this still here? And then, so I had to go check it out and then it kind of jumps to where I'm in the lobby and stuff. And there's a middle Eastern guy that's running it. And it's called the Zoroaster um, Hotel. And so it's like, I'm, I want to get checked in or whatever. I want to see this place. And he goes, oh, you want to see this? And I go, yeah, I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to see this. <laughs> or no. you want to see this? <laughs> I think this guy wants to show you a little more than the hotel. <laughs> and just because it's been a while, but from what I remember, it's like, okay, so I go into the elevator and the elevator starts going into, it's, it's kind of dark. And every time you, it opens up, it's like, it's almost like um, you open up into this void and it's dark. And then you step into the void and all of a sudden you, you start experience this whole never another world. You know, and each one's a little bit different. You get a little bit scared, so you jump right back into the elevator and you go back up. So I'm I'm stepping off into another place, and you step into another world when you you get out and you're going. Well, I'll explore this one a little bit. So just to not, you know, that's kind of the extent of my memories and stuff. But each world was just really, and every time I got back in the elevator, it was like a mixture of like a certain kind of blandness, but at the same time, there was these vivid images on the elevator wall and stuff, you know, and it's just like, it's just a mishmash of all this different stuff that was going on. So, and if just the experience, it was like a ride, you know, and then the elevator starts, it starts not going straight up. All of a sudden the whole building kind of like turns on the side a little bit and you're, you're going up at a, like I say, a 30 degree angle. Now, I guess it'd be about 60 degree angle or whatever. And then the elevator starts slowly spinning. And so it's like this weird, you really know, Wonka esque bride. Yeah. <laughs> and when I had this, I had not been drinking the night before. And when I got out of it, it was like, damn it. I really, it's like I woke up and I said, I, I consciously told myself, go back to sleep. Maybe you can capture it again. And it was gone, you know. So like the thing in those situations now because i've i mean we've all had that where it's like you have this crazy experience and it's like whether it's a dream or like something that happens in real life and you're like shit and the thing that i ask myself instantly now because i'm i was frustrated you know with not knowing what the hell was bringing that on and you you said something that I had said multiple times, like when I'd wake up from like a crazy dream, I'm like, damn, like, and you want to go back into the dream. Now I do the opposite where I'm like, I want to stay out, but I want to take a note on like, what were my habits leading into last night 
knowing the information that we know now, you know, that's what I think is really awesome about this current time in history is that now you have all this information, very valuable information, and people are just sharing it. Like you got guys like Andrew Huberman and Joe Rogan, and they're like exploding different research studies and how those pieces connect with one another. Like we don't, we still don't see the map, but we have like these specialists in sleep and in like breathing techniques and in, you know, um, what was the other one that was just coming to mind, but just like in overall health and like physiology. And then you can start seeing like, Oh, well, if I do this, this, and this, these three trivectas, like if I pair those together before I go to bed, maybe I can access, maybe that's what I did three years ago when I had that crazy dream and I felt like I had control of it. And it's cool to hear like other people's experiences. And you're like, there are so many like synchronicities in different commonalities that people are reaching. And you're like, this isn't weird. It's not woo woo. If like a huge population of people have experienced this and they're reporting back their experience, you're like, yep, exactly like that. I'm not weird. This is a phenomenon that happens. And this is what, you know, and like you get little bits and pieces of their story and you can tie that all together and re re up but like at the end of the day are you doing it for novelty or are you doing it to like try to improve your outlook or like what is the purpose of that but there are really powerful tools that we can like do like most recently um a few weeks ago i saw something where huberman he had an episode um and who i'm talking about is andrew huberman he's a um so researcher, I, I don't know what his He's like specific... a PhD psychologist from uh, neuroscientist from Stanford. Okay. And so all of his content is really fascinating stuff. It's like groundbreaking. He's very intelligent and all of his studies are backed with a ton of research and actual experience. Um, but he had and, posts... And he's strong and handsome. So I trust him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an element of his appeal. That it is. Told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but he truly like how he delivers information. I think he's like AI because there are no ums and it's just raw information in your right. Nate, he's, he's got appeal, but anyway, he recently posted something about just movement in general that it's like we we already know this information and it just backs it up but it kind of punctuates and uh like makes you focus on it a little bit more that it needs to be something that or at least this is how i took it for my personal life is that like it needs to be something that i implement consciously every single day to get it going. And he was talking about the importance of when you wake up, what is your routine and how are you kind of getting into the optimal state to have the best day that you can? Because all too often the, the example is like you get out of bed and you bump your, you stub your toe and then everything unravels from there because you're not aware that like you haven't challenged yourself enough or you don't know how to deal with, 
you know, different circumstances. And it's the, the flip of being a, you know, a positive human being that you can allow like outside circumstances to dictate your entire life. If you let it like, if you let that aware awareness go, but anyway, I, I was thinking about that, especially around the new year and I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I, I tend to get kind of a little down after any big project because I'm like, well, what, what next? And you know, this and that, and it's like, closure is great, but at the same time, it's like, well, you kind of get this funk if you don't know what your next step is. And then of course this thing pops up and it's like movement was always baked into all the physical jobs that I had. So I'm like, but I don't have a physical job anymore. And and then I realized I'm like, oh, I like over the past three years, it's definitely decreased. And I'm like, and though I love what I'm doing more, it also has a new challenge. And this was something that I was like going into this stage of my life. I realized like certain things were shifting as they were, but I took notes on like, here are the things that are working that I'm aware are working that aren't easy and that are going to be a huge challenge to replicate when this is not baked into my job because I was getting eight hours, sometimes nine, 10 hours of physical work, which that was too much. But I was like, during that time, I'm like, I'm waking up early. That's really good. I'm in cold environments, like working out. That's really good for me. And I can tell that it's really good, but it's not easy. I don't like in the morning, I'm not waking up like, yeah, this uh, it's like, it's a challenge. I have to like put, I would have to put on headphones and put really positive, like music that like motivated me kind of felt like Rocky, you know, sometimes it, it literally was the Rocky soundtrack to like, get me into the right, you know, focus to do this thing. That's hard that I knew was good for me, but there was a fear during that transition phase where I'm like, how the hell am I going to get that going with a completely different job? It's just not going to be the same thing. But after like getting back to seeing that post from Huberman and how important movement is to our overall mental health, I started doing that. So like the past two and a half weeks, I've been getting up four in the morning and some days I really don't want to, but I'll just go out and I've, I haven't been doing like a run um, but I've been doing like a really brisk walk and just like trying to get steps in, not necessarily like, you know, trying to prove anything about my ego, but really like I'm going out there for my mental health and it has been tremendous. And it's like, I'm, I'm going on really long walks, but it's like, as I'm doing it, I also started to recognize I'm like, damn, this is, I mean, just kind of like what we're doing here. It becomes a form of therapy that I think every human being needs and as I'm doing it, I like, I couldn't help myself, but start working different emotions out and like different thoughts out. And I'm like, I don't know what it is about the process, but every single time I feel a little bit better and I feel, <laughs> are you doing it too? Well, no, but it's, it's funny you bring up Andrew Huberman because there's something that he's talked about with going for long walks and why it's good for us. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time during the day focused in on the screen and we, we live screen to screen, you know, it's, that's what we do. 
that's pretty modern standard living these days. So we spend a lot of time really focused in on something, whether it's your work screen, a computer, when you're leisurely looking at your phone, TV, um, all of it is really focused and near sighted looking. And what that does to our brain is, you know, uh, like in history, when you were, when you were that focused on something, it was either in conflict or in something incredibly important like hunting. So any, mm -hmm. any way about it would be a heightened mode. So there's going to be more like cortisol. There's going to be more things related to stress focus. And when we do that for a long time, even if it's subtle, it's turning off some of the auxiliary modes that are really important as far as being creative or even just kind of long-term storage, you know, dealing with things correctly, sorting it away, uh, slowly working on your problems. So he's saying that, and I'm, I'm probably not, I, I know I'm not explaining this nearly as good as him. So it's worth looking into still, but this is what I gleaned from him. And he's saying by going on long walks, what happens is our, we're no longer focusing in on something. So our eyes naturally go to the horizon or somewhere very distant where it's not important what we're looking at and they'll tend to look back and forth. And just by doing that, it's creating a little hemisphere sink in our brains. It's been proven that kids, if they get up and they, they cross parts of their body, that it helps activate uh, more of a neutral kind of balanced thought process. So by doing that, you're just naturally sending signals to your body to relax. Wow. So you'll, you'll be more balanced. Okay. So and I mean, the... Oh, I'm sorry we've known the power of going for a good long walk that's for a long time, you know, and, um, and that's certainly nothing new, but to look at that as something that's necessary is really smart. And you see certain cultures, they'll do it. They'll go after every meal to help for digestion. It's and, so you know, <laughs> any way that you're going about it, it's going to help. Like there's, there's a lot that it helps. It's one of those kind of keystone practices. Yeah. yeah. He had a good, a good post about it. So I, I need to watch that again and, and adapt that, adopt that into um, more of my daily living. We've been doing it, you know, with Hank, we'll throw them on, on our chest and go for a nice walk, but maybe making it a little more regimented would be good for everybody. Yeah. I like the, the thing that popped up to mind when I saw the post from Huberman and it made me, it just like triggered because it was such a, such an intense, um, moment in my life where I I like like most things in my life um I, and I'm I'm discovering why currently but unless there's an intense experience with it I don't remember and this intense experience was when I was out at full sale and literally had a nervous breakdown and I, I understand the recipe, like, as you're explaining this, I further understand what was going on is that I was in a class, I was in multiple classes that were really difficult and they were challenging my intelligence at the, at the time. And I, you know, I felt like I was failing so many, so many things in so many of the, the classes that I was taking that my computer up here just shut down and it was like, you can't, you can't, you can't. And it was like the most negative self-talk I've ever had in my life. And it was just compiling from all ends. And I had just heard a story where a guy he had, I mean, in my class, I was like, what happened to, we'll call him Charlie. I was like, what happened to Charlie? And they're like, Oh dude, he lost it. Fucking lost his mind. 
I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, like he, he's no longer at full sale. Like, and they had this story where it was like, he's like out in the middle of the road and he's like laying tax down or something. And he was just acting really weird. And they said he had to bounce and I'm like, wow. But I think it was like hearing that and then also feeling what I was feeling just exasperated the whole situation. And so I like, I came home from my scripting class and none of it made sense. And I, I had just failed one of my assignments and then we were about to have a final in the class. And I'm like, here we go. This is where it all falls apart because my mind could not make sense, could not believe um, me getting past this hurdle. It was insurmountable. And so I, I was like, this is it. This is the final, like I came all this way. I believed in myself. Other people believed in me. And it was all this pressure that was just like mounting up. And I like was irrational and like tears start rolling down my, my face. And like, Kristen's like, what is going on right now? And I remember like pounding the mattress with my fists and she's like, what's up? And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I like, I couldn't even articulate what was going on. It was just like the computer literally was breaking down. She goes, uh, do something that calms you down. Like, um, and I had, I had been working on this pen and ink drawing of cool hand Luke. And it was, it was fairly big and it was on my art table. And she's like, Oh yeah. Like maybe, maybe work on that. And I was so far past the point of like that, that was so far away from where I was at mentally that that exasperated it. And I was like, that's not going to work. And I, I knew it wouldn't work. And I got angry at her for even suggesting it. And she goes, okay, I don't know what you need to do right now. And I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And I literally like was walking away, not like, Oh, I need to go take a walk. I was like, peace. <laughs> I'm fucking done. I might kill myself right now. Like I was so, I had built all of it up to that point. And I was like, and I just like left. I was, I stormed you out did, of our apartment. David Bannard. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I am out of here. And I literally was like, I think I, I don't, I don't think I ran, but like I was walking super quick and we, we were at Whisper Lake Lane. So there's that big lake in the middle of the apartment complex. And I like quickly did a lap around that, which it wasn't, it's not like a small man-made leg. It was pretty big. And so I think it's probably like a quarter mile or something. And I went around it and I just remember thinking like, well, that feels better. I'm still going to kill myself, but uh <laughs> <laughs> the world is still coming to an end but you know what i don't know what it is about this walk i really like this walk and i remember looking up at the moon and i'm like in the stupidest thought at the time because i was still irrational I'm like i'd like to live there <laughs> it it seems far simpler there like my problems would be very exact if i lived up there down here it's too complicated it's just there's trees and there's houses and shit I, I just want to live where it's like plain and simple like i'm freezing to death you know and then i made another lap and then by the, like the third lap that i made around that lake i was like 
I feel a hundred percent better. I feel better than I felt when I was like super excited about everything that was going right just like two months ago. And then that really got my wheels turning for the first time of like, shit, long walks are, <laughs> they're no joke, man. Like they, they are magical in their powers. And it was funny because after I had that tool, of course I didn't do it. I haven't done it uh, preemptively ever until just two weeks ago, which is stupid. It's like, we find these things, we find the power in them. And then we instantly forget, which is another point I want to talk to you guys about again and like, again, yeah. again and again. And so like, I had to use the walk because I reached another nervous breakdown. Um, probably, I think it was like five months, six months later. I was like, here we go again. The world's crushing. It. And I was like, walk. And I knew in that moment, that was, that was my recipe. So I walked out in the middle of a class. I remember I came back into the class, like 30 minutes later, I was like, where the fuck who just bounces? Like you just like threw your headphones down and like walked out and then you came back smiling. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I was ready to end it all again. <laughs> like I got, well, it, it, this brings up something. I, I've had that moment. And you never know quite how far along that path you are. Right. The fact that you didn't find yourself out in the Mojave and, you know, <laughs> being oh, la, la. torn apart by dingoes or whatever, I don't know, is like, I think that that little thing that's going on that's causing that your logical brain just to say bye-bye Um and all sorts of bad things to happen is some, it's a mistranslation of something that is absolutely healthy. It's like, this is an alarm that you should have saw long before you ever got there that we are not in tune with. And I wonder and fear, it's like, how close am I to the edge? And probably even scarier, what if I'm nowhere near the edge? What if that guy that you were hearing about is actually right there? And forever how for however bad you feel, there's actually a worse place to get to. That's scarier to me. Yeah. But it's also like I've seen myself suddenly have a moment like you had and you're like, "Wow, this is it." But then also I come back from it okay, every day at 9am, this is what we're doing. You know, you, you try to regiment this other way of being. And I, I find myself on the edge again, because now I'm trying to strictly adhere yeah. to this schedule. But it's probably better to kind of step back and just start to be more aware. Maybe you'll you'll hear the alarm before it ever gets to that point. Um, I've had those moments. And then either couldn't function or end up having a terrible day, I have a good night's sleep and I wake up and go, oh yeah, that wasn't a problem. The the crazy guy that couldn't step away from the computer, the screen, the keyboard could no longer do anything correctly or you know productively, but he couldn't, he couldn't step away. Um it took one night's sleep. It took, you know, uh a Wim Hof session, it took a walk around the block or whatever, like some sort of therapeutic thing to get back to the right state. Um, but it's it, I think you kind of 
need those bouts of kind of getting closer to the edge and then and then having a a therapeutic moment an educational moment you know on your own path before you get better with it and you're never done i i remember having so many moments of thinking this is it i'm there i'm the creative and that'll never happen again or i'm enlightened or what it's like yeah. i no longer say that because i'm so superstitious <laughs> yeah just yeah. like nope you know that's... you know better now <laughs> you you don't listen to those stupid voices in your head you're like oh that's that's the other guy um it, but... well the the thing it was posted you know Tom Hanks said it, but it's not like Tom Hanks invented it, but it, it was a great little video that made me remember it is this, this, sh this too shall pass. It's like, you think you're a genius. Everything's going great. You're the star of big. You've done splash. This too shall pass. He's like, that was the, where, uh, he was in a round table with Robert De Niro and some yeah. other guys and they were all, you know, it's, it's funny not funny but i mean is the mutual respect in that group the way they were you know it's like you to see robert de niro kind of looking at tom hanks just going yep he gets it mm -hmm. <laughs> that was cool yeah what was the piece i because i forget what robert had said because he said something that was good and i was like oh that was a huge blind spot of mine but it's it, it's always great like i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter that these guys have like made movies. It really doesn't. At the end of the day, it's like anybody could have said that it got more attention and, you know, more focus, but anybody could have said this too shall pass and, and just said it like in a different way. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people have, but it's like that information is so powerful because we all feel that, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. and you're right, Chris, it's like, you do want to manhandle it. Like I do it more than anyone where it's like, I got it. All right. I'm going to fucking no, you double, don't. Triple, <laughs> double, triple, quadruple, centuple, like down on the thing that's going to keep me away from that. Cause I'm like, I, cause I don't like that, that other feeling, but I might reach the end road of long walks and like, Oh dude, my hips are blown out. <laughs> And I would probably be the first person out there like crawling. I find crawling is real good now. Like the upper body strength that I'm getting, <laughs> you guys would be like, Jesus, stop. But like Goggins, I wonder but, what's going on there. Yeah. But that's, know? that's also like what I've come to realize about that, about like those addictive tendencies is that you learn. And I think the thing this is and like after reading his book i think it might be the case for him as well is that maybe there was a lot of like um inner questioning of his own intelligence early on in life that's kind of what was going on with me i'm really starting to find is that i didn't feel smart because uh information wasn't sticking and what i recently i I love that I finally realized this about myself is that it's like, no, you're really, you actually are really intelligent and you, but it takes a really long time for things to get stored into your long-term memory. That being said, once things get stored in my long-term memory, and I see this in you guys as well, like we're, we're a family of elephants that like information is stored 
And we can access that very rapidly on a level that I, I'm yet to find other people um, outside of like Quentin Tarantino and like different, like high level creators um, and storytellers that, that have that same ability. I'm like, it's because they can remember information. Joe Rogan talks about that. He's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not a smart guy. And everyone starts laughing because they know that it, it it's just not true. He is, he's really intelligent, he's, but he has equated a lot of his like intelligence, not like in the normal sense, but in his ability to remember. He's like, I, I don't like, I don't find myself to be an intelligent person. I'm like, and I asked the question recently and it really unlocked things for me. I'm like, well, what's the difference? And it's the, the difference was like growing up, I would look to my left and right in a class and everybody was imprinting. And I could tell that they were actually getting information on the fly. They would be told something. And then that would be imprinted on their mind in their short-term memory very well. Now, whether or not they had, they were locking that information for a long time, I'm starting to see they weren't, that they were like able to access that information for a short amount of time, but they're more like a goldfish in the fact that they're like, I can take a test and I can pass that test right now or in the next couple of weeks. And it's like, there's a, almost like a standard buffer of like two to three, four weeks where like most people that I've experienced, they're getting that information and they're able to access it for a short amount of time. And then after that time, it fades away. I'm the exact opposite where I like the short term stuff. I'm like, shit, I'm not getting it. And I'll be in like, people will be delivering information. And I'm like, I am so bored right now with the information, with your delivery of the information, you're, you're not bringing any kind of enthusiasm or passion. So I cannot, my brain is saying this is irrelevant. So they're literally talking and I'm like, there is no information going in my head right now. I cannot do it. And so like recently, I, I mean, within three, four years after we did the GTD thing and David Allen's like, take notes, you know, and his, his announcer voice and there was something about although the information was stale and he, he's got like that classic voice i knew that the the information he was saying was something i absolutely needed so i listened to it on repeat for like four or five times that long ass book and that was when i was working at whole foods and i had no other, and it was like torture for me because i'm like god but i knew i needed to have that and that whole process for me has turned into copious amounts of note, like physical notes, notes on my phone. But what I realized is that through that process of immediate writing it down, now I'm capturing that information saying this is important right now. I'm putting it on paper. So then not only have I had the thought, but I'm looking at the thought now as I'm physically and I'm tying it to experience. So then my subconscious mind is it's getting back into that subconscious mind recorder. And so I'm able to access it like a long-term memory. And so that's why I've been like, <laughs> like you had mentioned the Charlie day where he's got the red ribbons and I'm like, it's getting to that level. Um, but luckily with like GTD, it's like, there's not a fear that I'm going to lose that important information that most people are, they're not even worried about it. They don't have to take notes because it's going into like that three to four week buffer. 
And so they're like, oh, I'll be able to access it. And I'm like, I know it's not going in there unless I do this intense process of like capturing the notes, getting the information. So now like my recipe is I take all these notes and then I put them in a bag and I like pin it to a cork board that's in my closet. And I'm like, I don't want to look at them because it looks crazy, you know? And then after a few months that bag fills up and then I go through and I'm like, what's relevant, what's not, it's the whole GTD thing. And so I'm like, oh my God, that was a stupid idea. And it makes me laugh, but I'm like, crumple it up, throw it away. And that's the end of that. I don't have to think about that anymore. Um, and I don't have to worry that I lost gold because I'm like, it's clearly shit. I have the perspective now <laughs> that, that that was like, oh, this is going to be the one, you know, it's like Jerry Seinfeld talking about like waking up in the middle of a dream. And he's like, oh, this is great. And, and the morning he's like, this sucks. Like, I don't need this. But like going through that process has been a relief for me. And I feel like now I'm playing massive catch up with like a lot of inner stuff that I was dealing with as a kid and feeling like I'm not intelligent, but it's like, you know, I, I was, it was just taking a lot longer for all that information to become accessible and like for me to make use of it in an effective way. I think it seems to me too, like I had this, this idea that I don't think is going away immediately. Even now is that, there can be an idea that you're gathering more and more information, more and more skills to be like the smartest you can be or the most able person you can be. You're, you're, you're climbing the mountain and the mountain is always going to be a mountain of stuff. Whereas it might be a chipping away at crap too, like not taking mm. it that seriously. You're not going to put that much effort and focus on note-taking if, if you realize a lot of it's going to be, you can take a look at it in a month or a week or whatever, or at the end of the day and go, nope, nope, nope. Um, you're, you're a little bit lighter with it in your yes. focus, you know, and it's like, you're not demanding that this rational idea of, you know, this, this rational mind is going to accumulate all this ability. Whereas you you rely, you realize there is such a thing as synchronicity. You realize that there is something to taking your breaks, taking more of a creative aspect or going to sleep and allowing whatever is going to help you. Um, you know, to me, that's more like understanding the minds. And I, I'm using the word mind as, as uh, generally and holistically as I can. It's like, maybe the rational mind doesn't understand the the full resources at your disposal mm -hmm. and it and i think when you kind of let go it these other things can can help you out and i love it when it's like having those moments of not really feeling like i did that um, or, or just yeah. going, God, I just, I've got to clear the channels and allow these other faculties to help me out, uh, which might still be kind of a metaphor for what's actually going on. Maybe you don't have to know. Um, but when you do get in those modes where you take that break and then the idea comes to you, it's like, why have I been working so damn hard when it's, I need to get in the passenger seat which is another 
it's kind of like that this too shall pass when you realize how it actually works in some general sense it's like i i'm white knuckling it and i really should not only should i not hold do on. that hold it's, on though. but it's working against me no hold on though and this this brings up a good oh example. yeah the 80 20 rule is wait, wait, hold on a second get ready for that third link <laughs> i know i know should we just stop right now well, no, it's it's nine minutes. It's uh... okay, but but this brings up like the eighty twenty rule where I'm like, can you can you really bypass that? Because I've I've been down that road and I've thought that way where I'm like, man, I'm really white knuckling it. That's a bad thing. But like recently, a friend of mine at work, who he's wired very similar to me. His name's Eric, and very interesting guy. But he like after we have this conversation. Um, he sends me this link and it was like, is this like a backhanded compliment? Is, is this even a compliment at all? But like, he sends me this Ted talk of this guy who was a drug addict and he realized he's like, I'm addictive in nature. And I'm like, you're sending this to me because this is how I am. And he goes, and he like got back and he was like something to the effect of like, I'm sending this to you because this is how we are. And I was like, I appreciate you getting this in front of me. And he's like, we're, we're two creatures that are very similar. And I was like, I, I appreciate it. And um, I watched this Ted talk and this guy, he's like, you know, my entire life, people said that I'm intense and I'm this, and I, I started laughing and I'm like, yeah, so same here, you know? And, but this guy took it to a really scary level where he became addicted to cocaine and like different drugs and he was near death and he hadn't created anything of his life. And he went to AA and then there were certain foundational things that he was learning in those classes that really helped him out. And then he's like, but of course, in my addictive nature, I took all of those principles and went flat out with them. And he's like, I'm never going to touch drugs again because I know how bad they are because I took them to the end road. I literally was pronounced dead and I came back. And he's like, but I recognized he's like, at, at first I thought my intensity, my addictive nature, this is a bad thing. He's like, this is how I am. This is who I am. And he's like, it's up to me whether I look at it as a positive or negative thing. If I have my, my focus directed on something that's bad for me, it's going to be bad for me and for everyone around me. He's like, so how do I, like the question became at that point, how do I redirect toward things that are genuinely going to benefit other people. It's like, I'm a strong cup of coffee. I'm not, I'm not for everyone all the time. You know, 100% of the time, he's like, I'm not trying to be, they're going to be people that like me, people that don't like me. I have to let go of all that. It's like, but what I do know is, is that if I can focus on things that I'm genuinely like coming at it from like a good standpoint, I'm not just trying to like personally benefit, but I'm really trying to get like positive things out there. He's like, I know from experience now, he's like, I own a business. It's, it's like, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to give you the information so you can, you know, assess whether or not you're like me and however he's like, but it's worth millions of dollars. He's like, soon it's going to be worth billions of dollars. It's like, that's not the important part. It's like, the important part is that I'm, I'm channeling all this stuff in a way that I know from fact and experience and like direct contact that these things are helping people. He's like, that makes me feel good. He's like, I was, I wanted to die. I was trying to kill myself with drugs and I did. And I succeeded in that. He's like, but then I failed in that. 
He's like, and that, that asked me that, that raised the question. Why did I fail at that? Because I was really good at it. <laughs> He's like, I should be dead. I was dead. Why did I come back? So then after I came back, it, he's like, that was a miracle. No doubt about it. It was a miracle. And I, I start flashing to like Danny, who we worked with. Danny was pronounced dead for seven minutes, came back and he goes, why? And now, now look at Danny. Danny's like a fucking pastor. He was rapping before and he's like, he's like on his journey as we knew him. But now he's like a pastor in, in like a church. It was like, what the fuck is happening? But it's like, like you see pictures online. He's got like a tie. <laughs> I'm just like, this isn't him, but it is him. It's just him directing all of that intensity and in like energy instead of like anger toward himself and he doesn't have this. He's like directing it in a positive way where he's being appreciative of what he did have and how can he genuinely help other people in an honest way. And it's like, it's crazy, you know, it's crazy to see that, but like that, that like video that I saw, it was a great mirror and reflection of, of like myself. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like just learning more about, your experience and really not like beating yourself up for maybe some of the things like how you operate and not trying to be like anybody else, but really genuinely connecting with like, this is the information I know about how I operate, how this vessel that I'm in, you know, operates and trying to grow and expand in that direction as much as you possibly can and not comparing to anything else. Yeah. I think that's like, well, I, I think they're, I, I definitely feel this with me where I feel like I don't have time to take a lifetime to learn how I operate because it sounds like there's this like fear that comes up that I'll be really good at being me and being a, a good human being, a, an able human being in the world by the time I'm 85. I don't want that. I wanted it when I was 10. So I could, you know, live how many decades like that? <laughs> I want the Lamborghinis. <laughs> and I, <laughs> um, but the takeaway I think is just trying to do more to be, to be more aware of, mm -hmm. of how it works all the time. Um, you were talking about uh, Huberman had this thing where he had talked about, um, I don't want this to be some complete suck up to, to this guy. There's plenty of other resources, but he had mentioned uh, ultradian cycles. Whereas like, instead of grinding eight hours a day and trying to, you know, cram in, have this one focus session of just this kind of work for eight hours or more, you know, taking the next 90 minutes and doing all that you mm -hmm. can. And like, it, maybe you can, you limit yourself to 90 minutes. So you don't feel like it's, it's not a, an insurmountable thing. It's not a whole long time. You don't need the cocaine if it's only 90 minutes. Um, and it kind of frees up, like you realize there's an end to it relatively soon. And then after 90 minutes, that's when you hit your break. And you do, you know, you you put that same kind of focus, maybe it's a different kind of energy into the break, into the walk, into the, the meditation or whatever, but you break it up. Um, anyway, I, I think maybe cycles like that and kind of saying, okay, for the next 90 minutes, this is what this is. And, and you'll be less likely to take it too far and not see that you're mm -hmm. Charlie day, you know, freaking out and pointing to the, the board. <laughs>
saying yeah. we're almost there because that almost there has a tendency to keep getting pushed out. I just want to say one thing before we finish this, maybe it might have to be a follow-up, but one thing I did want to say was that two things. First of all, I love that. The fact life's too complicated. There's trees. That's going to be, I'm going to remember that Phil. <laughs> I, like, I like having something I can, I can re remember it's like Jim had all of his famous, like father, I don't feel. <laughs> it's it's the knot of fingers. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I, I just like got to latch on to it. But one thing I do want to maybe explore the next time is that whole going back just a little bit. And I don't think it's a flight or fight or flight. I think it's different levels that you're going through as far as your fight and how much fight that you're doing, you know, that you're fighting yourself, not the other person. Oh, yeah, in your, always. In, and how far you have to get away from it and for how long. So I th I don't think it's, or I think it's and. So that's just what I got out of it. So, yeah, uh, that's awesome. And I don't think we're done. I, You signed up, Dad. We're in. We're about quarter way through now. <laughs> So on this next one, take a dump, get another coffee. I'm good. You're locked in. All right. Commercial break. We'll be right back. You're not, we're not fucking around here. <laughs> <laughs> we're not listening to our own I, advice. I don't think you know <laughs> when you get four Ellering males. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want this to be the most epic like dude I don't know who these guys were they didn't exist before but then all of a sudden they do the longest podcast in Guinness Book of World Record history I'm watching them deteriorate we've got a ways to go you know what's really funny is like one thing I love about this is the fact that um, I was noticing at different times that we had different levels of uh resting ellering face <laughs> Can't it was it. great nate you were at the far extreme you you definitely had the one where oh don't <laughs> you know but i was looking at your eyes and your eyes just really didn't tell the story but your face was just like betraying you <laughs> he's a young father i i've been vomited on twice in the past 24 hours the kid's got a <laughs> he's got a fever i was up at 2 30 Oh, <laughs> yeah. If, if, if we do need to cut it, let us know. Yeah. We no, just I'm, need, I'm, I'm good. We just needed a quick wrap. That's all. Oh, we're good. Oh, um, Nate, what was the uh, Andrew Huberman was the one that you guys were talking about? You said Matthew, Matthew Walker. Walker. Yeah, Matthew I can say Walker. If you want. Yeah, that would be great. But so, I, I think we were actually, Nate, you were talking about Huberman when we got cut off, right? Or no? No, this last one, I think, Dad, let's let's go back to what you're talking about, just as far as fight or flight, and you were saying levels, yeah. and more like fight and flight. I think yeah, I just, I know the times when I've been, you know, it's like there's a struggle in me that I'm fighting myself as I'm moving away, you know, and, and how far I move away and for how long. You know, so that's what I'm saying. It's 
it's degrees. It's, you know, they want to paste it as like, either you completely, you're, you know, taking a jab at the person or you're just running away from it. I'm going, that's not it for me. It's different levels, depending on the input is how I'm reacting to it, you know? So that's just my thing, you know, and it's just like at different times it's been with different situations. If you're in a work situation, obviously, you know, it's hard to do either of those, you know, you're, you're now you're really fighting yourself completely. Cause you, it's like, I need this job. I need, I've got, you know, a family I got to take care of. So I have to internalize it and that's not really good, you know? So it's like, how do you do it? So the best way to do it is for me was to, concentrate on work or improving at immediately you know and kind of suppressing whatever it was that you know i was fighting whether it was uh, <laughs> a bad email a bad conversation uh whatever whatever the input was immediately you know and it's just like move on to something else get your mind off of it you know but it's not really good you know it's just like you do accomplish for the immediate moment but then you wrestle with it later, you know, you know, as far as like on your drive home or, or whatever, you realize, okay, that's a time when, you know, I can, I can revisit this and fight it over a period of time where I'm not getting any extra sensory input. You know, it's like, it's my time, you know, I'm in the car and I know it's going to take so much time to get home or whatever, you know, and then by the time you get home, you know, it's just like, a, oftentimes it's, you know, um, it's lessened to a, a big degree going, <laughs> then you kind of laugh and you kind of go like, yeah, what, you know, it, what was that all about? You know, so you've, you've thought it through, you know, that's, that's just what I wanted to talk about. So like the yeah. thing that I like about that is like, you're, you're talking about, you know, this, whatever the obstacle is, the challenge at work, it's, it's popping up. Hold on one sec. I'm getting zoom notifications that the other recording is done um but i like one of the people that were on joe rogan uh stephen kotler he was talking about flow and i like as i was watching this interview like nate and i we've experienced this in the bar and then you know you've seen this but it's like when you're in that state and you're at there's varying different like levels of flow. And as I'm listening to this guy's audio book, like certain things are starting to make sense that it's like, well, when I'm creating, I get into flow. If you're doing something that is pushing your current knowledge and is challenging you at the perfect level, you enter into a flow state. And this guy's study is specifically on like extreme sport athletes because their examples are far easier to use to explain the process of it. But in your example, dad, like you're, you're reaching this challenge at work and your brain is kind of like bouncing around similar to like mine. When I was at full sale, it's like, it's bouncing around the possibilities and it sees no answer. And so you get stuck in this loop and then you finally, like it has no way out of the maze so then you blow a gasket. Now you can do things to relieve it, like taking a long walk or whatever. And that does help, but it doesn't, it doesn't correct the loop necessarily. It may explain it a little bit more. You might come up with an action plan to try next time, but 
you still might fail again, which I did. Like in that example, the things that were frustrating me, I revisited three or four months later, had my breakdown. I'm like, all right, I'll just go for a walk. And it's like, okay, again, I got myself behind the eight ball. And the better thing to do would be had I like been taking long walks to relieve that stress, but that's still not getting at a solution to what's at the root of that problem. And that's been kind of like my current thing. Like Nate has brought it up multiple times. What are the keystones in this? What are, what are the like linchpins, the things that are going to like get rid of the weed in the garden? And so I don't have to pull the weeds every, every fucking day. Cause that's exhausting, you know? And what I started recognizing and listening to this guy's work, like reading the, the book, um, it's the rise of Superman. And he's going into flow state and like, what is really happening? These, these guys these uh, like, they, they're called adrenaline junkies, but one of them was like, oh, that's stupid. That's the worst example of like what we are. And what, what he was saying is that the process of flow He's like, if I was an adrenaline junkie, I'd already be dead because cortisol and adrenaline, once that kicks in, you're fucked because then you're operating out of fight or flight. He's like, you cannot be operating out of fight or flight in a situation. And the example was Danny way. He jumped the big wall of China on a skateboard, <clears throat> Danny. And this is the, the ironic thing is that Danny way is scared of heights. And everyone's like, you're not scared of heights. If you're, he, he was the inventor of big ramp skateboarding. This guy flies through the air and you're looking at it. You're like, you are absolutely insane. Well, his, his circumstances that put him in that situation where he kept going back to that situation, that challenge was he recognized that he was entering into a flow state, which is just another way of saying that he was hyper present. He's not worried about the past, which his past was his dad was an alcoholic, like committed suicide. His brothers died, like had all this baggage, and he's like, I can't escape this stuff. It haunts me. I wake up in the morning. It's with me all the fucking time. But he recognized as he was skateboarding, he's like, he did a, a jump that was just a little bit bigger than everyone did one day at a skate park. And he's like, time stopped. He got into flow state. He's like, I wasn't thinking about anything other than I don't want to die <laughs> for that moment. And he was, he started utilizing his fear of heights to escape all the shit that he, he couldn't help get out of his head. So he goes back to that and back to that and back to that and back to that. And he, but to, in order to get to that state, the things that he be, he was becoming acclimated to heights, his fear of heights, he had to keep upping it and upping it and upping it in order to, to get out of this. So it's like, if you, if you watch the documentary, I think it's uh, like finding lightning or something like that, riding lightning. He's up on the top of this rickety <laughs> ramp that they made um, so he could jump the Great Wall of China. And you see the gap and the fear. He's just like, <sighs> but it's like, that's what's crazy is that he's jumping into that situation. The very first time he jumps it, he fails. He clips the other side of the ramp and he breaks his ankles board goes spitting out 
everyone's like, he's dead. Holy shit. And you see his lifeless body like slide down the thing. And everyone's like, oh, fuck. And it gets serious. He goes into the hospital. They rush him. They show all this footage. And the next day, <laughs> shows him. He's at the top of this fucking thing. Two broken ankles. And he's just like, everyone's like, we're going to watch Danny Way die. And then he jumps it, lands it. And everyone's like, what the, f-? you know, it's like crazy. And then he nails it. Everyone's thinking like, okay, we did it. <laughs> Stop. And then he starts climbing up the ladder. They're like, what are you doing? And then he busts. I think it was like a, a 360 or a 540 or something over it and lands it. And it's like, but the the thing is, is he's accessing and he's he's the real enjoyment of that. It's like that's an extreme example. We don't want to be like having to go there in order to find clarity or happiness or anything. But the truth is, is that that's where we all can go. If we learn what are the things that we enjoy doing and then constantly just progressing them a little bit. Cause like, I think like you hear the story over and over again, we've all been guilty of it is that you think that it's the Lamborghini. I don't want to spend my life like, like mastering this thing. Cause I want the Lamborghini now. Well, it's like, it's not about the Lamborghini. It's about that day to day. Where am I at? It's accountability and realization of like, this is where I'm at today with the things that I love doing. But the, the problem is, is that like, and I've, I've been there so many times, like you don't know what that next step is. And so you're like, well, and, and stupidly and subconsciously, not consciously, you're thinking, well, I've reached the end. I have mastered this and now I'm bored. And it's like, dude, there is so much that you have not mined for gold in this area that you enjoy doing. So just continue to go back to that stuff and the rewards keep mounting up, but it's not about, it's not about like the like material rewards. It's truly about like just progressing in a way that you feel like this is good for me. And then it's awesome when you see that reflected out that it's like good for other people as well. That's like, that's the best feeling ever that you keep connecting. If you're connecting with that and you're not like in a situation where you're risking your life in order to do it, like that's, that's the best man. You win every single day that you work on that stuff. And it, and it really is like entering in and growing in that direction. That feels most fulfilling for me. What's up, bud? Yeah, in just a little bit, okay? I'm on, you want to see, let's get another Elring male in this mix. All right. He makes a lot of appearances. He does. <laughs> he does. This is the Huds. Here. What's up, Dave? Good morning. How What's you doing, on, bud? bud? Good. Ready to play with some cars? Yeah. I put cr- them in the new spot. That's super cool. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> you look pretty cool with those headphones on, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. We're looking forward to the day where we'll have a three conversation. Okay, we're gonna finish out here. Okay. 
<laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> A little Hank doesn't even know what's coming. He's yep. just... we, uh, Chris and I, we recently signed up for Love and Logic. Ooh, that's a that's a fun one. We always we we quote that still. We did that years ago. It, it, did you guys it. like it? We we did. It's uh, I, I don't want to make fun of it. It's it's funny because I found out that Camille did it too, and I only found this out like a year ago. But she made fun of it by something she said. I'm like, wait a minute, you have you you did love and logic. I know. So yes, um, uh, it's. You got to do it. It's there's a lot of humor in it, and it it's funny because we had some moments of kind of you. It's we did it on nights where our in laws were watching the kids, and we we're in there, and it was we kind of had our own little detached awareness of what we normally all our mistakes, you know. <laughs> so it was kind of like uh, I don't know. It's it's right up your alley. Um, but it's not going to be without its humor. Sometimes you're like, yeah, it, you're full of shit. Like the, this doesn't work. Um, but all it's right. all, what, what is love and logic? Hold on. Yeah. It's, it's like a parenting class. And I think like the first day it's like, these guys are, it's, they have a, a, a proctor who's physically in person telling you this, it's probably going to be available online now, but we did it back in 2012, I think. And but then there's also videos of the people that the the father and son who created this course. But there's always like a, a person in your area delivering it to you. But there's these videos, these two guys who they have a shtick, and you know they talk about how when you're having problems with your two year old or your uh, a six month old or your sixteen year old, like how the different ages and how you can help them be better kids and parent better to them and everything. And they kind of go through all the, the parenting struggles that everyone goes through. Interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. The, the, the first, the first session we did last week and I'm the only dad in there. And it's a small class. There's, I think there were three other women. And so I'm like, you know, I'm there. And it feels like, okay, these other women are actually here learning this information to deliver to their husband. And I'm the only husband that's in the room that's actually here getting Good it. Good man. <laughs> no, but that's the thing is that it's like, I'm there and it does feel like, you know, even though there are two males delivering the information, it's because they're like, all right, you need to soften up. And, uh, and it's true. It It's like, you have the fatherly presence which that's why there is a mother and a father in this is like they need to have both ends of like no you're being a little you know but it's like it's also good information because as you hear it and like how they are operating and you have to go through hell and that's the that's the thing that like as i'm watching this video they're like this isn't going to be easy you know <laughs> and like they're like everyone that goes into this thinking that you're just going to do this and they're going to behave appropriately right away 
send that to the side. I'm like, okay, you're being real about this because what you're saying is it seems ludicrous, but it's also the exact same thing that we've heard multiple times over in different parenting programs is that you will have to, cause you're, you're creating a new habit for kids who, you know, they're young and nobody likes changing routine very sharply. But the thing that I like about it so far is that it's like, it really is like a meditation and a practice of like, you're going to have to control yourself. And as that becomes the example of like, this is extreme self-control, you're throwing everything at me, which I've done multiple times over and I've done it successfully, but there's still obviously work to be done. And he like, I don't mean to pick on him or anything, but he is an intense case at times and he breaks us. And so it's like, um, we know very quickly when we're talking with other parents that have a similar situation, like we look at his friends right now, we're like, Oh, we're all in the same crew. (laughs) (laughs) You've got Huxley with the mullet and he's like, (laughs) like, Oh yeah, he's definitely like Nate said, that was the best way to describe this guy. This guy is going to change his own spark plugs one day. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then you have, running <laughs> yeah and then you have crash that's not his nickname that's his actual name crash uh crash huxley and benny and all these guys they just like you walk into the room you're like fuck <laughs> we are outnumbered here they're not dumb they are creative they are funny and they are physical and they run all the time and it's like seeing them bounce off each other it's like shit (laughs) it's it's laughable like where you just submit where you're like all right we need we need tools because they will have us in a year no problem i think if you haven't already done it you have to start taking notes on their interactions as far as i think you've got a budding screenplay about to write itself I seriously, I'm not exaggerating. I walked in and I like, I, cause like you have to scan like a a code before you walk into the classroom and the door is closed. I'm scanning the code and I hear the instruction. She's like, okay, five more pushups. And then you got to get back out of, (laughs) and I'm like, I open up the door and all of them are, (sighs) I mean, it's like, it's not great form or anything, but they are going at it as hard. And I'm like, dude, they just, they have so much damn energy. And they bounce off of each other. And it's like, it's awesome. It's fun. But it's also, there are certain times where you're like, I can't, we can't switch him off. So the the love and logic thing, um, it is giving us hope right now where it's like, yeah, we're going to have to go through there, like certain things um, that we're going to have to kind of like wean him off of. And I, I stupidly only recently realized like, I cannot do, I can't be jungle gym dad, like very much at all anymore. Like that was fun. And, and it's like, you see it and you see it all the time. Like, and it's almost like embedded in our subconscious. Like, this is how to be a good dad. You got to like interact and you got to be physical. And I'm like, uh, no, now 
that is not how I can be a good dad because he's already physical enough. He's already getting out. He's getting more than enough. And anytime I participate, even just a little bit, it's he can't get enough. And it's lift me up, do this, do this. And then it gets to the point where I'm like, I could literally be an octopus and have eight arms and still not be able to handle you right now. I am getting so frustrated because this challenge is impossible. And he just like gets me to that point. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And he's like, and like, he gets like this aggressive, like clench, you know, like I need more, I need more. And I'm like, this is my addictive nature times a million in a little kid. I deserve this. This is my challenge. How do I like calm down in this situation? I, I, I used to joke that I wanted to take them up to Home Depot and put them in the paint shaker while I sit down and just have a, you know, just read quietly and just have them shake because they needed more stimulation. Whereas I, I being who I am, or even at just my phase of life, need a deprivation tank, like the exact opposite. They must yeah. be, they would hate to be in that where I, I need rest at least in that way. And they need more stimulation. I don't, I don't want that stimulation. I can't take it. Yeah. Have Sometimes you thought about not allowing him to have that second cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have a child that we have to give amphetamines. So she's calmer, which is like absurd to me, but when she doesn't have it, she acts like she's on it. You know, it's like, it's, it's weird. <laughs> Yeah, life. we don't give them well that might actually work caffeine might actually help them out or at least uh one of the children we have yeah it's uh it's it's just strange it really does it's like it makes me like wonder i mean as we're doing the love and logic thing the the pretty much the practice that is in place is that like when this stuff happens he, he calls it going brain dead and I knew as soon as he brought up the example, I'm like, yeah, this is how I've had to handle it. And like, there have been many times where it became like a routine because we had done it so many times that I remembered that it's like, okay, when he flies that far off the handle and there's certain signs that you can tell, like, okay, there's no bringing him back. He's in red, red line. I would take him, go up into his room, set him down. And then he'd instantly grab st stuff and start throwing it around the room. And I would put my back to the door so he couldn't get out. I'd close my eyes and literally be meditating. And he's just unconsolable. And then that'll last anywhere from like five minutes to 20, 30 minutes. And then he comes down off of that emotional roller coaster and he recognizes he was irrational and he literally will like come plop in my lap exhausted and say, I'm sorry, daddy. I, I love you. I, I didn't mean like, and he has said like, he doesn't mean the things that he says and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, he's, and we've all been there. So it's like, I know exactly where he's at, where it's just like, you're irrational. Your, your emotions have peaked and so you're angry and you're blind and you're like saying things and doing things it's just but like when you start seeing the chain of events that like lead up to it that's what we're trying to limit now and it's like 
okay, they're starting to ramp up. They, he doesn't have, um, I think he operates very similar to me in the fact that like, if he gets too many things going at once, he starts to fragment. He doesn't know where to place his focus. He gets frustrated. So then he starts bothering sister. So he like starts creating more stimulus for himself because he's confused now. And then those elements start reacting back at him. And then we go, you know, then the roller coaster like starts spiking and there's no, no end to it. And that's kind of like the loop. So it's just hijacking um that system and knowing like all right here are the things that we're doing wrong and taking responsibility for those things and like trying to counteract it and then if we do get to that stage how do we get them to calmly go down sometimes you're past the point and how do you deal with that so it's it's all stuff that it's growth you know and awareness and taking responsibility and being an adult and it's not fun at times I think I think it sounds also though that you know it's it's funny because I think that I mean following rules, understanding you know boundaries, things like that, they're extremely important. And I'm not trying to diminish that, but I feel like we have a little too much emphasis on obedience and expectations for kids. Yeah, and you know, and it and and this is not to think that it's like oh it's so great if they're bouncing off the walls, but hearing that I think he has, he's a very high potential individual. Oh yeah. If you can channel yeah. it, you know, yeah. he's going to have a, he has a, a higher starting point than your average person because of that. But he also has higher stakes, you know? And it's like, we all had kids growing up that they, they were not meant to sit in a chair and none of us are, but you, you look over and you go, Oh, uh, you're geared where it's like painful for you where this is, this sucks for me. It's not the best part of my day, but I can get through, you know? And I think we're all pretty obedient kids, but it's, it's, um, it's really not a negative. I know just, that's just a different gearing, you know, and unfortunately it's going to be a challenge for you guys, but the truth is we're all going to have challenges with our kids. It's different. Some of them, you're going to have to go looking for it. Yours, it might be a little more, you know, prevalent, but I think that we're all kind of getting paid back for who we are too. So (laughs) Oh, what? Yes, very good point. One hundred percent. And hey, note taken, note taken. But like, I, <laughs> you, you guys won't be. <laughs> no, it's funny because it's like there's no better direct example that like when we make anything hot, and he dives right in, and he goes, "Ow!" And I'm like, <laughs> "You moron!" Wait. <laughs> I'm going to go take my lunch to the bathtub. <laughs> I, yeah. 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 Dad, but dad, what are your thoughts on hearing us talk about stuff like this? I love it. <laughs> I of course we, you do. <laughs> no, I like, I like, there's so much stuff that I, that mom and I can appreciate, you know, it's just like, I think we, you know, I, I, I think we did a, a pretty good job of letting you guys find yourselves, you know, as far as you had a lot of individual skills, you had a lot of, you guys, you know, uh, we were lucky in the fact that with, you know, the, the three of you and stuff that (laughs) you guys discovered your, there was a bond there that, you know, it, you made it actually easier for us, I think, you know, um, 
mom probably had the more difficult <laughs> mom probably had the more difficult time because she was with me working odd hours and stuff that you know that she was more involved in the, the day-to-day stuff but uh one thing i did want to say is i don't know if i shared it recently but there was uh a perfect case that something you talked about, Phil, was about Edison. Did did I share anything about Edison as a small child when he was going to school? Yes. The one I, where, yeah, the one where, you know, the, the mom had, you know, had told him that, you know, that you couldn't, uh, he was too smart. And then it turned out that the school actually said, no, he's a moron. <laughs> he yeah. can't learn anything like that it's just giving it's channeling whatever skills and potential that they have and getting it. Yeah. It's not fighting that the the right teachers and uh, recognizing what their path is going to be to try to force every. And that's the, it's kind of a failing of a school system, but it's the best thing we've got. It just, I think it has to evolve. I think it just has to be recognizing of sorting out kids that are different. You're going to have followers and you're going to have leaders. And, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I just think that he has all the potential in the world to be a leader. You oh, know, he is, he is, yeah. he already is. And it's like, it's frustrating influence though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What kind of a leader? <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that is the thing is that it like, <laughs> it, I'm fr- it's it's been the dialogue the entire time and it's hilarious of like where he he's constantly like as i've mentioned before oh, you can sit there daddy and i'm like i know i'm your dad i'm making the decisions thank you very much <laughs> but it never changes where like every once in a while there will be like this enlightened moment where he goes you tell me what to do not the other way around and i'm like right and i'm like I know you're going to lose that. And tomorrow you're going to be like, you can sit there, daddy. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Con man. <laughs> the normal thing is that somebody saying, like, if you want something, you ask, you're saying, can you sit next to me? You know, you're saying, no, you can sit here, dad. You know, it's like, I like that. The fact that there's a, there's a control type of thing, you know, it's you like know- very lovingly done, but it's still, I'm in control. Yeah, no, and the dominate the, the room. The joke is because it's the most common thing thing that Hudson says is I have a plan. I don't know okay. when he started saying it. Literally, sister, I have a plan. Elena, I have a plan. Daddy, I have a plan. Mommy, I have a plan. And that's how he's that's how he segues any kind of a conversation is his plan for what is supposed to happen next. And so it's been like, okay, obviously control is a big thing for kids, but it's like after just watching the, you know, the Fablemans where Spielberg was the same way as a little kid, he, he started working on movies because he didn't have control of all the other elements around him. And so that really narrowed his focus on like, I can control this. And he, He's the same way where he's constantly building, creating things. And when he's in that mode, you can tell he's like, leave me alone. Like I've, I've picked him up from school um, and he's been at the table like drawing and his head is down the whole time. And I'm like, oh, he's not aware that I'm here. And he's like, I'm going to finish this up, daddy. 
And I'm like, all right, I know like you're, you're in flow, like you're doing it right now. And he's like, I like the way the colors are blending daddy. <laughs> like, so <do> I. <laughs> but like he gets hyper into that. And I'm like, I don't ever want to break him from that. Cause that is the worst experience for me. I get, Oh, I get friggin' not happy when I'm like happy place. And someone's like, Hey, I need this. And I'm like, ah, you need nothing. Go somewhere else. <laughs> you cannot sit here daddy <laughs> well and you're gonna he he could potentially divert all his attention to you which could be very good or very bad you know yeah. <laughs> well it's funny it's funny hearing you earlier talk about phil about like your experience in school and i feel like we all feel like we're idiots so don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the way i learn you know and looking back like how many times that you're you're being self-critical through life is that's normal that's par for the field but it's so funny because i think like i definitely had classes i remember in eighth grade in math and science i got like straight a's through the assignments in those classes i had like a 98 percent a 99 percent i remember with a buddy of mine james like we were getting competitive on like how good we were getting at doing assignments but fun like we were both doing well and enjoying it and then i completely forgot a lot of that information it was so surface imprinted but i don't I don't think that that's a sign of intelligence. I think it's more of a sign like that level of understanding and regurgitating facts. It's much more the sign of being a follower. Cause I think a lot of the kids get into class and the, the whole thing is like, okay, this is what we're all doing. I need to do this. Let's do it. Whereas anything that I ever really remembered, there was some context and some story of how am I going to enjoy this? How is this going to benefit me? Or I mean, really, it's just, I, I think that the engagement of it, it's, intelligence is a really weird thing. And I think it, it has a lot more to do with interest than anything. Yep. And that's why you see so many people later in life that, you know, Edison, you know, are just people that they, they label themselves as not being book smart, but then they're street smart. And it's, yeah. it's completely because they have some interest in it. Yeah. And their they soft skills in it mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's, and like dad said, I mean, it's, it's the best we have at the moment. It's definitely not worth completely throwing away, but there is a lot of room for improvement on that kind of stuff. And it really falls on parents at that point. It yeah. falls on us to look and say like, okay, how can I take this kid? And, you know, I'm thinking about it already with Hank. It's like observing, observing his characters and what he's doing and, and what can I put, what challenges can I put in front of him puzzles that, they'll light his fire, you know, and, and then it'll bring out the best of what he has to offer and the best experience that he can enjoy really. And it's not going to be easy. And it's always easy to, to think you can do it in the moment. That's the hard part is, you know, when there's a breakdown or when you're exhausted, which usually come at the same time, there's no coincidence there, but I don't know. It's interesting. It's, it's cool hearing the kind of stuff that you guys are doing and thinking about, you know, being mindful of that moving forward. This little guy. <laughs> <laughs>